Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, folks. I just want to take a minute to ask you to go and rate this podcast. Uh, let the team house know how you think we're doing. Go and rate us on whatever platform you're listening to this on, whether it's iTunes or Spotify or whatever else. Uh, those ratings really help us out, and we really appreciate the feedback to let us know what you like and what you don't like. And uh, if you do like the Team House and you'd like to support us, go check out our Patreon page, and you can actually support the stream and well as get access to our bonus segments and bonus episodes. Yeah, if, if you're going to give us a great review, please do. And if you're going to give us a not-so-good review, why don't you just send us an email and we'll talk about it. <laughs> Special Operations. Covert Ops. Espionage. The Team House. With your hosts, Jack Murphy and David Park. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Team House. This is episode 170. I'm Jack Murphy here with David Park. Our guest tonight is Tio. Uh, Tio is a task force officer with the New York DEA office, and he is also the first guest that has ever appeared on the Team House anonymously. Um, there's a good reason why. Uh, as you'll see in this episode, there are some dangerous folks out there that probably would like this gentleman dead. <laughs> and uh, he comes with good references. We know who he is, and we know he's a legitimate guy. But there are some very legitimate uh, security risks. So, Mr. Tio, welcome on the show. Thank, Thank you, you very much, gentlemen. I appreciate the invite. Absolutely, man. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of start off these interviews uh, talking about our guest's origin story. Before we launch into that, actually, you want to talk about what we're smoking, what we're drinking here tonight? Oh, yeah. So we brought out a bottle of uh, Diplomatico, a uh, Venezuelan rum, which uh, I find to uh, be kind of uh, tasty. And uh, we paired that with a... Uh, R&J 1875, which is nice. So they kind of complement each other. It's yeah, nice. these are. I, we just opened up the box. These are the Grand Toros. They're very good. And you're smoking a Corona from Arturo Fuente. Yeah, right? Arturo Fuente. Yeah, those are awesome too. Yeah, it's very nice. So uh, you are actually from Brooklyn, correct? I was born and bred in uh, New York City, and I was uh, raised in uh, Brooklyn, New York. Not too. Far from here, in the uh, seven five uh, precinct in the East New York Cypress Hills area. Can you tell us a little bit about growing up uh, in that time frame, growing up in Brooklyn, and uh, you know, kind of what set you on the path eventually towards the Marines? So, um, I grew up in a pretty bad neighborhood, but I didn't realize that it was until I wound up. Um, Coming on the job, even post Marine Corps, I didn't understand that there weren't people that woke up and kicked heroin addicts off of their stoop 
to walk over to school. I just thought that was commonplace. And right? I, I didn't realize that I didn't realize that I understood that there was a difference when I first came on the job and the real interaction that I had with civilians and normal people, right. quote-unquote, was when I started doing vehicle stops. And I'm stopping cars, and I walk up, and I'm asking for the license, registration, and insurance, and these folks, folks are like, hi, um, I I'm sorry, whatever you said I did, I did. I just baked scones. Would you like one? I'm like a scone. I don't. I didn't even know what a scone. I'm like, yeah, sure. Thanks. Get the fuck out of here. You know. Have a good day, man. Like I was like, oh, so, so I, I kind of didn't realize that not everyone was a perp, and I didn't know what a perp was un, until I stopped cars, and like this guy's just like people that I grew up with, and my cousins, and my neighbors, and my friends that I grew up with that were bad guys, but they're not bad guys. They're your neighbors and friends. And now and I'm like, hold on, fucker. Like, why do you have 50 rubber bands around your turn signal? Unless you're a 55-year-old paper boy, right. you're probably banding money. So that's a clue, right? right. Step on out of the car, guy. Right. Let's, right. let's, let's uh, speak. Right. Right? Right? So... So, uh, so I quickly became really good at seizing a bunch of money, a bunch of guns, um, to where the senior guys were like, hey, stay out of my patrol area. And I'm like, oh, why and stuff? Like, I didn't realize it wasn't that I was making them look bad, but I was kind of... Making them look bad. Producing more, <laughs> right. making them look <laughs> right, right. look bad, you know. Yeah. yeah. But gro growing up, was that what took you towards the military initially? That you were kind of in a in a rough neighborhood. So so no no I loved the uh, I loved um, John Wayne and I loved all of the uh, military movies and I actually wanted to be a green uh, beret. I really did, till I saw. Full metal jacket. And I'm like, if that's go. what it's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm joining. And I joined with the three, uh, three, three buddies. Just, just because I had always grown up with a interest in um, in the military. I really didn't know what I wanted to do, and just thought that that um, that uh, the infantry was. The only thing the uh, military did. So, 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 so I'm like, uh, recruiter, yeah. I saw a full metal jack, like, I want to do that. He's like, sure, son, here you go. <laughs> right, sign, right. sign your life away. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> you, you know? And uh, was uh, uh, pretty, pretty successful through boot camp and got um, offered a uh, pretty good uh, program and went to that route but prior growing up i always had this um i always had this desire and this uh, drive to uh join and my mom who who uh signed uh, for me at the 17 knew and said i i know you'll go anyway so please just 
and go and be safe. And I try to be as unsafe and wild as I could for, for my whole investment, you know. <laughs> did, did you have, growing up, like, in Brooklyn, in, in a rougher neighborhood, did you have an impression of law enforcement at that time? So, because of my uh, speech impediment and my starter, my uh, mom was a school uh, crossing guard. So she would bring me uh, to the precinct, and there was a uh, police officer, Officer John, um, that had a uh, stutter, and he'd speak with me. So imagine that, a, f a full-grown man and a little shit stuttering at each other. <laughs> so a 20-minute conversation <laughs> took an hour. But, but they kind of were my... Um, Mentors and kind of um, kind of gave me guidance to where I didn't really get it in that aspect, right? Um, so I, I never wanted to be a cop, ever. But I was getting out of the uh, Marine Corps, and on Camp uh, Lejeune, there was a law enforcement career day, and my wacky buddies, like, let's go see so i'm like I, I i have no interest in so he, he's like come on so, so we walk in this gym and there's every major police department lined up around the uh, gym there's nypd there's detroit there's chicago there's miami phoenix la so, so we're going boot to boot and me being a city kid like i can gravitate Towards the um, towards the NYPD booth, and I, I walk up, and probably the recruiting staff they sent was not the best to recruit the finest fighting force <laughs> in uh, the world. And I had one guy like six, seven, like a hundred and forty pounds, like Ichabod Crane style, and I'm like, this guy just looks weird. Um, another guy, glasses on, he looked uh normal i get close i realize that his glasses like double coke bottles and i get really close and i see his eyes across too i'm like oh that's the last person you want to be in the stack with behind you <laughs> you know he's like you take the shield i'll be behind you i'll i'll squeeze you you ain't squeezing me fucker. right and then um a uh, female you know five foot tall five foot wide five by five <laughs> And then uh, a uh, little person, like a midget. That that part's not the true, but <laughs> but I say it because um, I wound up uh, t teaching a course fast uh, forward uh, twenty years later, and on uh, the first break, a uh, a NYPD sergeant's like, "Yo, I had one of them fuckers." on uh, the range and he pulls out his phone he has a picture of this little person shooting which I thought was uh, great I love him my uh, best best uh, friend uh, growing up uh, was the same uh, name so so I have lots of love and uh, respect so I I go from booth to booth uh, to booth any agency that I end up uh, Going to, he's standing in uh, the corner all by himself. He's like six foot twelve, V shape, Sam Brown on. The guy's a 
raucous terrorist pat but i say sir why like should should i join your um agency so he puts his hands and he interviews Seth. he says young man you need to join my agency because we are the united states marine corps of law enforcement in new york state and he stared me straight in the eyes i was like this fucking guy's awesome (laughs) sign up some wild reason i scored like uh the 86th uh uh list uh number and i got called and i go away to uh to spend the next six months of my life there and I'm all proud in my Sears, Sears in Roebuck suit. <laughs> Walk in there because I'm going to be the Marine of law enforcement in New York State. Walk in there. Within the first three minutes, I realized it was the biggest line of bullshit I had ever heard. <laughs> and, you know, and for the next 26 years, it was just, just like that, you know? So uh, I, I, I didn't really want to be a police officer, but I didn't want to move back in my mom's basement yeah either and uh towards uh the end out of a state platoon back uh, then there were no private uh, military companies and right stuff. so so uh i could shoot shoot and hit a target really far far away wanting to call uh aaron blow up a lot of shit and there was no civilian application for, for, yeah. for it then so yeah. I'm like you can be a greeter at Walmart eh, yeah. yeah I was like but I know I'm gonna k- carry a gun so I might as well do it legally right, you know, right, you know? right. that kind of deal right. so so uh that was it can you tell us about your first uh undercover assignment the first <laughs> um the first um one I I I, I have no undercover training um my parent agency um uh allows me to work as a task force officer with the new york field uh, division of the dea and uh sub uh subsequently on and off i spend the the next 20 years uh with them as a task force officer so the first one i have no training i have no undercover training but in that time it's like ah you're you're hispanic you're black you're a female you're a scary looking white guy with the missing eight uh, teeth go buy drugs right so that's how they just put us out there so i i wind up going with a uh, ci to uh do an intro to an to an a half-ass OC guy that they know has a strong, uh, strong family ties above him. So I wind up in this uh, strip club in uh, Brooklyn um, in the six six. I walk in there and they gave me two thousand dollars to like just uh, flash and play uh, the role. I had never done a U U C before, so so the CI brings me in, does an intro. It's all good steps off. So, what do you do in strip clubs, right? 
you buy drinks and these guys are all the guys that they are. So you're buying drinks and bottles and you're buying laughter, uh, dances and you're paying the girls to shake uh, that ass and, and keep on shaking that ass till my two grand's gone, right? Right. You're, yeah, you're <laughs> making, making it rain. rain. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Right? <laughs> Before it was wasn't him a thing. You made but, it rain before making it rain. Yeah, was cool. and, and these are all like mobbed up Italian guys. right? Oh yes, yeah, straight up OC organized crime guys. So so um so um we're in there. I'm in there, and I didn't know the average intro and you see where you go, sit down, talk, have an image drink, and arrange to meet and talk business someplace else. But I'm having the time of my fucking life on the G's dime. Right, so right. I'm like, shit, this is great. You know? right, right. So I I'm, love this job. I, I, yeah, I'm like, this is the best thing ever. I have like five years on. I'm like, this is the shit. I'm like, this is the best job ever in the whole world. Right? So freaking, um, I'm in there half hour. Hour goes by. Hour and a half. I see one of the agents come in and like eyeball me not knowing like that is a sign like get out now so i'm just like eh, you know look at this clown <laughs> clown over here with the fucking merrills on <laughs> hey police officer you know <laughs> you have the time you know that, that, <laughs> that name kind of say, fuck out of here um so um that goes on about two hours and we're like talking and it's all good so so i run out of money run out of time they all f- f- think that was like chump change. Nah, bro, like, I can move whatever you have. Whatever you have. If it's pills, if it's girls, if it's coke, if it's guns, I can move it. I'm your guy. If you want to be an earner to your guys, I'll make you that earner. Not a problem. I got you. Whatever you need to move, I'm uh, your guy. Yeah, it's fucking guy over here. <laughs> you, know, you know, so... So I stumble out. Now it's pitch black. There's no like cars out there, and it's a uh, cobblestone stone uh, street. So I'm like stumbling out there, and I'm like, "Was somebody supposed to pick me up? Do I call a cab?" Like I really don't know. So I'm walking like through the middle of up up. I mean, all four intersections. And I'm like. What the fuck do I do now when I hear, hey, behind me, I look in this no neck guy with a maca, proto neck and his Z uh, Cabaritis and his little <laughs> black uh, jacket that name doesn't fit. Comes out, he's like, hey, so I'm like, oh, now I'm fucked. Right. They know. So I like do it like. <laughs> Like a fast-paced walk. He's like, hey, motherfucker. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm done. I'm like, somebody needs to save me. And, you know, so I stop and, like, I'll just turn. I'm going to punch him in the balls. Go on a knee. Punch him in his balls and just run. I know no, I'll trip, fall, and break uh, my nose. But still, I I at least want to get the first uh, shot. So he comes up and he grabs me and he spins him me uh, around and all of my tough guy thoughts just like 
fizzled away, you know, like, oh, I'm going to get killed, right? And he goes, you crazy motherfucking, ha, ha, ha. And he goes, goes, um, he opens my jacket and it feels, feels him like he punches me on uh, my uh, side. Not not a punch, but but hard, like a yeah. Yeah. Like, ah, you know, about me. He's like, hey, come back next week uh, see us. I was like, yeah, th- th- thinking, why the fuck did you go through all the dramatics? So I start walking. Uh, cover team comes, picks me up. They're like, get in the fucking back seat. So I was like, they're like, yo, what were you doing? You're in there for two, two hours. So blah, blah, blah. And they're like, that's not how this works. I'm like, nobody told me how this works. I don't fucking know. So they're like, all right, man, did, did uh, you get the somebody's number? I'm like, no. They're like, you didn't even get You're in there for two hours. You didn't even get a phone number. And I'm like, no, no. Did Bambi's number count? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Bambi, <laughs> yeah. Cinnamon. Yeah. Got Four all in. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Right? <laughs> Some of them I still have in my phone, but they Bullet holes now. See, uh, see, names, section scars. They're not as sexy as uh, they were. But so uh, they're like, yo, what the fuck? Yo, give, give me the uh, the name money. And I'm like, what money? They're like, the two grand. I'm like, two grand. I'm like, I spent it. They're like, what? I was like, I spent it. They're like, yo, that, that was just money to like. Show that you had a knot to, to like buy a drink. I'm like, nobody told me that. I was out there making it rain, right? right. And they're like, how are we going to explain this? Oh, sh- shit. And I'm like, oh. But he gave me uh, this. What he had slapped on my side was uh, 3,000 pills of uh, MDMA. So I'm like, you wanted this? And now they're just like, holy fuck. And I'm like, I didn't buy it. It was fronted because at that time the pills would run about eight bucks a pill pill so they're like holy shit so i'm like did i do good or not and they're like yeah you did (laughs) (laughs) so uh we uh worked uh worked uh that case ordered a big hit it and uh the goal was then uh to try and roll uh that guy and you, you uh, can't imagine how that went because that case went on for like another eighteen months. So that kind of deal. Let me uh, take a, t- a second here to give a heads up to our sponsor for this show. It's uh, Bubs Naturals, which is a health food company. These guys, uh, Bubs, is actually the was the nickname of Glenn Doherty, who was one of the CIA contractors who was sadly killed in Benghazi, Libya. And I, I only mention that because this company works with the Glenn Doherty uh, Memorial Foundation, and um, we're really happy to work with these guys. Um, so Bub's Naturals, they make uh, this protein powder, which is flavorless, so you mix it with literally anything. And this is MCT oil powder, which is used as like a substitute creamer that's healthier. And they also make these uh, apple cider vinegar gummies that help with your digestion. And uh, I know apple cider vinegar doesn't sound very good, but I promise these taste like normal gummies. They're not uh, not gross or anything. Um, They're delicious. So, yeah, Bub's Naturals. Uh, if you guys go to bubsnaturals.com and use the promo code TEAMHOUSE, you'll get 20% off your first order. So please go check them out. 
And then the second sponsor for tonight's show is Mad Rabbit. Uh, Mad Rabbit makes a balm for your tattoos that helps preserve them. For some of you folks out there, I know a lot of people who in, in uh, the military, law enforcement, and this whole community have tattoos. Uh, Mad Rabbit makes this balm that will preserve it and bring out the colors and help your tattoos last a lot longer and look a lot better. Um, so if you go to madrabbit.com slash team, you'll get 25% off your first order there. Uh, again, that's madrabbit.com slash team to get 25% off your first order. And the links to all of these sponsors are down in the description of this video. So um, I hope you guys will check them out and help support the guys who support this channel. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, you had your first adventure uh, in undercover work. And uh, for those of our, we have a lot of people who follow the military but might not know a lot of the law enforcement. Uh, acronyms. What is a CI? So a, a CI is a uh, confidential informant, and uh, depending on the agency's city, state, and uh, local, they also can uh, be uh, referred to as CS, like a confidential source. Okay. So it's just, uh, and uh, UC just uh, stands for for undercover. And um, lots of times the undercover, when uh, he or she is out, is uh, referred to as the uncle. Just uh, so you're not putting out the undercovers out, you know, because you don't know who's around you and scanning up. So not not to put too fine a point on it, but a CI is a snitch that you recruited inside, you know, a criminal organization. And the UC is an actual police officer who's acting undercover. Correct. Right. So, but right, and, and it wouldn't be uncommon to have uh, a CI to do a intro with a UC. Typically, that's uh, that's this is my boy. How it goes? Yeah. Right. But but I've done a bunch of cold um, intros without uh, a ci like towards towards uh the the end of my uh career prior uh to me uh re uh tiring from uh the job i i had enough experience and confidence and skill at that point to be able to identify locate and strike up a conversation Make your own introduction yeah yeah and those all always wind up being uh, the best cases. So because even though they are an informant, you really want to protect them as much as you would someone else on your uh, team. And and people become informants uh, for all sorts of reasons, either to work off time or for money or for vengeance. Um, the best uh, CI is a 
woman scorn. That's uh, true. I know where that motherfucker stash house. He has two guns and <laughs> there's a concealed compartment in his car and this, this is that fat bitch that he's fucking and this is her number and all that kind of shit. They are the best, but uh, you better work them really fast yeah, because tomorrow what? They get but back with him. him. Yeah, right? right? They get back with then him. Then this yeah. whole shit is moved. Yeah. Right? So, um, and there's some uh, that the work uh, for uh, visas to like stay in the country. So there's all sorts of reasons why uh, people decide uh, to work. And, and some few are really just want to want to get out of the life and uh, they feel feel that they are going to make a difference by turning in like a major dealer that's hurting people in lives and some of them find uh, Jesus and that is their uh, their name K-Mac. so they aren't all those greasy little hand uh, ringing rats uh, 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 standing in the uh, shadows and I've had uh, relationships with uh, some for 20 years and uh, um, always keep that line like a snitch is a snitch is a snitch mm-hmm. but um any human beings and some you would kind of want to be friends hang out with yeah. because they're like cool guys but you can't right right you never blur that line and you can't ever forget that we're the good guy like we wear the white hat and you always wear that white hat and the first time that you compromise you're in integrity or develop that relationship beyond work it becomes a big prop it, it must be pretty hard like i i think if you're on the outside of a situation like that you're like oh well you know you're the good guy and you always be the good guy but when you're when you're living that life it's gotta i imagine that it might be hard to sometimes go like this isn't a big deal this one small thing isn't a big deal so right um Evidence, and bad guys, and money. Those are th- three things. <laughs> it's a hard and f- fast rule. So if you want to lose all the nice shit you got, your house, your jet ski, your boat, your name vintage, Corvette, your wife, your kids, go ahead and fuck around because you gave a guy four decks of heroin off of a bundle right mm-hmm. doesn't work man doesn't work do guys get the blind names sides sided sure are uh, all their third party cooperators where a major trafficker that's in sends his wife uh, to do third uh, party cooperation and she seduces the agent right uh, that happened to my partner very close mm-hmm. and uh, crushed us all Right, mm-hmm. um, then it just hurt his own personal life, like it hurt us all, right? For something s- stupid, yeah. For what money, for friendship, for ass? There's a ton of, ton of ass out there. There's cinnamon and rhubarb right, and right, all of them right, out there, right? Porsche, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Porsche that's right. Mercedes, Mercedes is a bit. Can you can you tell us the story about uh, when you got sent to bust the guys who were uh, running drugs in like semi trucks up to New York City? Yeah, so that that that's a good. That was a good complete case because that 
started from from a um, in format that we uh, grabbed with a uh, um, a mid level amount of uh, heroin, and that kid kid was just super flashy. And um, it, this is my first real real introduction to a real professional organization. So we hit him, we roll him, he named, comes on Team uh, America and says, hey, I got this Mexican guy. He moves major weight and he's looking for named transport guys. So I'm like, well, you found uh, your guy. His kid had flashy car, flashy wheels, big uh, watches and chains, chains playing up uh, the part. So he sets up the the name intro. So I was like, cool. So I'm going to mirror him. I don't dress that way. And you'll see guys try and fit that. And it doesn't work. When, if, I, when I wear like FUBU and Fat Farm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not quite pulling it off. Yeah, and that, mm, <laughs> there are some crazy ass white boys that are <laughs> some of those the, the craziest violent I will go in a basement in Washington Heights to watch a guy cut six keys or or him go to the mother Gaston projects and purchase guns from uh, Bloods but if you sent me to Lindenhurst Long Island in Suffolk to deal with some Pilchewing crazy white boy man, they make me the most nervous because really? they're so unpredictable, <laughs> right? So, so I'm always like, oh man, this isn't good. Um, but um, so the rule of not thumb, the law is, and I teach this hard and fast. You have you have to be you because they're being them. Humans are predatory animals. We all know And it. they can tell if you're being fake. Our eyes mm-hmm. are in front. Why? Because we hunt. Mm-hmm. We aren't prey. So if we were prey... They'd be on the side. Like, or, yeah. Our eyes would be like, like frogs, right? Mm-hmm. So these people, they see you. They feel you. And they know if you're bullshit. Especially if they've done uh, time upstate feds and stuff, those guys are truly calculating individuals that go by what they feel. Mm-hmm. They're run by their gut, which is always overridden by greed, right? So the biggest tool that we have as undercovers or what is their greed. It's going to make them do something that they normally wouldn't do. Um, so... I meet him and I gel up my hair. I got a big watch. I got my ch- canes on. With the, fancy is there, is there just the first button on the flannel done up? <laughs> no, this did, this guy was, was um, this kid wasn't the Mexican, but the, he he was like a normal New York City like mid level deal. So nice, nice clothes, nice, nice cars. So where? Parked on a side street, not the too, too far from uh, here, and um, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. So 
I'm in the front of Pastor Steel. I'm like, yo, where the fuck is this guy? Like, we haven't used him before. I was like, this kid ain't shit, man. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's uh, going to produce. So we're waiting, and he, he calls him, yo, I'm here, man. What's up? He was like, yeah, I know. So I'm like, this guy's close. So I see this uh, Mexican guy walking by, bummy-looking, bummy-looking sneakers, sweats on, and he he walks right uh, by. So I'm like, is that him? He was like, yeah. But he walks right by uh, the car. I'm like, bro, doesn't he know what you call? He was like, yeah, that's strange. So I'm like, don't call. Let's uh, wait. So he squares uh, the block. He walks uh, around uh, the block doing an encounter. Yeah. Surveillance, right? He's, he looks in each uh, car. So as much as your cover team and your ghost want to be close, and I didn't realize how stressful it was to be the ghost, to be the... the um, to be the officer take back person um, until I became a supervisor and then ran a team because as the undercover for me it was it was fun like I felt comfortable there so this big guy hops in the back seat behind me again no no right bad guy should never yes. sit uh, behind you and he says, if you motherfuckers ever come to see me again, dressed like some fucking fake-ass Backstreet Boys, I will never speak to you again. <laughs> so I was like, I knew this guy was an idiot, right? So um, we uh, talk, and we, uh, myself, and just uh, him decide to meet again because he, you really want to cut out the the in form because you don't know what what like they'll say and then uh, the first uh, meet like I'll always say yo how the fuck do you know that guy do you trust that guy and they'll be like uh why I mean because I don't do me a favor don't tell that guy anything about me again I don't trust him right so so I wind up getting a Another uh, informant uh, tracked a trail with a concealed compartment in it. And we park it on Meeker over here, where uh, all those trucks are parked. So um, I call him. I'm like, yo, let's uh, meet. He was like, when? I'm like, now. He's like, okay, why? I'm like, I have something to sh- show you. He's like, okay. So we... Pulls up and I'm standing out there and he's like, so what What do you uh, want to sh- show me? I'm like, go in that truck, that the, that the tractor with the, the white uh, trailer attached. Go in the cab, goes in, the guy's like, hey, and he unbolts the rear uh, wall and he shows him a trap and says, this... This this void holds hundred keys. I've been stopped twenty eight times. Here are the tickets to prove it. 
they name run uh, dogs, I will guarantee uh, the load. So he walks out. He walks up uh, to me. Toe to toe. He leans in, and I'm like, yeah, we go. And he puts his arms around me with a big uh, hug and says, we're going to make a lot of money. And I'm like, yeah, we are going to make a shitload of money. So he smiles. We uh, shake your hands, talk, no uh, call. A few weeks later, hey, can uh, you go down to uh, Atlanta? I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, um, uh, can you pick up my uh, cousin? I was like, yeah. He's like, listen, he's uh, young, uh, so, so like, bring like matchbox cars, cars and toys and stuff. And I'm like, oh. How old is he? He's 10. I'm like, oh, cool. So he wants me to go pick up 10 uh, keys at, as in a uh, test load. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. So now I'm scrambling to get the truck down there, get a team. Oh, boss. So he sends uh, me this uh, flea bag motel, not uh, far from the highway. So I get there and I'm with a local. DEA team. Now my parent agency knows I'm there. It's all good. So, so I take a, my uh, I take my gun. I put it in under the uh, uh, pill and I take tape tape a uh, digital recorder under a seat. So I'm waiting. I can call the the damn guy here. I was like, Yo, man. Where the fuck are you? Are you guys? And he's like, they're there. So I hear knock, knock, knock. I open. And there's these three guys at this central casting, like straight up <laughs> movie shit. And I'm like, this is a joke. This yeah. Is a joke. Oh, right. And they're like, what's up? And I'm like, what's up, man? They're like, this uh, yours? I was like, I guess so. So he walks over to, uh, the bed and he puts a uh, name bag uh, bag down the on the uh, zipses. So I'm like, hey, can you dump them on uh, the beds so I can get a count? Thinking a normal person would would take one out, second one out because I'm I'm thinking if I can get his late latents on a. Key, Kilo, yeah. that's uh, great because they're all wrapped in tape, tape, right? Layer upon layer with the dryer sheets, mustard, coffee, uh, more tape, dryer sheets, you know, layer upon layer. Of course, it, uh, 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 they, they, they want to try and um, they want to try to uh, suppress that smell as right. much as they, they uh, can. Um, so what he does is he turns a bag up a uh, side down and he dumps them on the bed. I'm like, fuck man, this, th- yeah, this guy's smart. So I count one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven, eight, nine, uh, 10. I'm like, it's all here. And he's like, take a look. So I'm like, all right, cool. I had never cut a kilo open before, but I've seen every 
episode of Miami Vice and Scarface. So I'm like, ah, this is this is easy. So I take out my knife. I bring it in, whip out the blade. I take the heel in the palm of my left hand, take out my knife, and I stab. But I stab it like I'm trying to kill this motherfucker. Right? Boom. Well, how is that heat and kilo? constructed and wrapped it's layer after layer after layer of what tape and glue so now i go to pull my knife out and i fucking can't plus it's all it's so i'm like shit so now i'm this major trafficker that doesn't know how to cut a fucking kilo open so i'm like shit so so i'm like trying to pull out my knife like "Mm," you know wiggle it back and forth and it finally calms out and it's staring at me like this fucking idiot proper way way is the name cut a v in uh the tape and then peel off the tip of uh tape to reveal the the powder beneath it which is the most common way and i'm stabbing this thing like a shank in jail i'm trying (laughs) so they all leave like yeah good uh, luck the freaking team outside is finding cover team. It's all good. I wind up um, leaving. So I'm driving a rental. I'm in Georgia. I'm driving a brand new Cadillac DeVille rental with temporary Texas paper tags on it. Right? Hispanic guy from New York, stuttering <laughs> freak with a gun on me. I gave my creds. To the team because they're gonna follow me to the airport because I'm going right from there to the airport. So I am get on the interstate and I'm hauling ass to the airport because I gotta make the the flight to bring these kilos back uh, to New York. So I'm doing ninety hundred. It's all good. I look back. I'm like trooper. Lights me up. I'm like, how the fuck do I explain that? So I pull over. He walks up, sees them pegs, rental, sees sees me, and I look at him. I'm like, you're not going to fucking believe this, but I'm going to tell you this story anyway. And he's like, and what's that, son? (laughs) And I'm like, "Um, I'm on a job. He's like, so... You have a job. And I'm like, no, no, I'm on the job. Not knowing that's a New York thing. <laughs> right. I'm on the job. Right. On the job is like being a cop. A right? cop. Yeah. Right? So he, he's like, I don't understand. I have a job. I'm like, no, I'm a police officer and I'm working in undercover capacity. And I just picked up 10 kilos from a hotel from these Mexican cart- cartels uh, with the cell that's based down here. But the the agents should be pulling up behind me. He's like, I said, oh, and I have a gun on me. He's like, look, you're really cool. So he just stands there and he kind of stares at me. But I'm like, they'll be right here. They're, they're, they're uh, coming. Two minutes go by, three minutes go by, five minutes go by. No team. No phone. I'm like, um, I'm telling you, this is the truth. He's like, it's better be the truth. He was like, because if not, 
you know where you're going, right? And I'm like, I absolutely do, sir. However, my stuttering ass isn't telling you a lie. So he goes back uh, uh, to his car. Then he he's there for the longest seven to ten minutes of my uh, life. And I'm like beckoning to see more cars in the SWAT team and Did he helicopter. take your gun or did he ask no. to see it or anything? Didn't ask. I guess he... When you have time on and you're dealing with the people, you can tell if someone's bullshitting you or not, right? So thank God that I had a guy with a lot of time time on. So he comes in, back up and goes, they're going to meet you at the airport with your creds. He's like, I'm going to follow you a bit to make sure that you uh, get there. Okay. I'm like, thank God. Turns out one of the task force officers was his buddy. So he called call his buddy. They broke off to follow the name uh, cartel guys when they weren't supposed to. But that job wasn't any benefit right. f- f- for him. So he, even though they were supposed to cover me back, they're like, let's follow these guys back. Uh, Back man to the to the to the stash house, but it all worked out. I get him to uh, the airport. I have no clothes, just a uh, wheelie bag with the uh, ten k's, ten keys, ten in kilos it. in there. <laughs> two point two pounds times the uh, times him ten. Um, wheeling myself through uh, the airport, and one of the wheels break off so so now i'm dragging these 10 keys of coke <laughs> leaving this plastic scar lying through all the tiles and through uh the name airport i get on board it's all good arrived name back back home a few days later call him i'm like yo um uh your uh cousin's here he was like good i'm uh uh Gonna send my uh, primo to name get him cousin. So I was like, cool. So so um we I go direct with his guys. So it's a he's a transport sellhead. So he may or may not know the customers coming. So I arrange with them uh, direct to meet in uh, Midtown. They come. Um, I pass off the bag. Uh, the team puts them down. They wait till that bag moves again to to like another car. Stop that car. Car stop. Hit it. It's all good. It is ten bricks. It's all right. Guy doesn't call me the next day. Two days go by. Three days go by. Four days go by. Now, if he's sending a test load, a test run with 10, it means that he has a lot. Right. right? Because he's willing to lose 10. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I'm just like, shit, we fucked this up. We got 10 keys and could have had in my mind a million. Yeah. Right. So I was like, guys, man, this case is done. And then my phone, phone rings. Shit, it's him. I was like, what's up, Papo? He's like, 
we need to talk. And I'm like, all right, let the meet them at this bar in uh, Brooklyn that the we always meet. He was like, nah, I I will tell you where. <laughs> Just start making a uh, way to the lower east side. I was like, all right, cool. Hang up, and I'm like, bro. The boss is like, no fucking way. He's gonna kill you. There's no way you're gonna meet. He thinks you uh, robbed him. You snitch on him. And I'm like, I don't th- think so. I did. I was sh- shitting inside. Like, <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna get killed here. But um, but I had another sense. Sense like, nah, man. It, you want to play it out. It'll be alright, right? Because most dangerous thing in this line of work on this side is to be overconfident or let your ego guide you. You're dead. But I'm like, ah, I I have a good f- feeling because prior, like, I had met this guy for drinks and dinner and went smoking and all this kind of stuff. Like, the guy was a really super nice, cool guy. And we had met a good 25 times between that. So he brought me home to his house, house uh, here. Um, so I convinced him, but they're like, we pick. And they loaded a place with the uh, U.S.C.s. I had four ghosts, six ghosts inside. I had two in, in the tables outside, two in a car, and then heavy van. With the attack vests and long guns and helmets and all that kind of stuff, just him waiting. So he gives gives uh, me me a spot. It's in the lower east side off of Essex, and I'm like, no, 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 I can't go there. Why? He's like, I was, I say, I was banging the owner's daughter, and it didn't really work out. So uh, it'll be. Ugly. Let's uh, meet around the uh, the name corner. He was like, "Fine." So I set up the uh, the name team on there. They name pick them up, watch them park, walk over. They're like, "Deal." He's a solo, and he's wearing a t-shirt and shorts with a name uh, elastic waistband. So I'm like. He ain't armed. Not even dressed as, yeah. like uh, that. Um, sitting inside, and every time prior, we'd uh, meet. He'd give, give, give me a big uh, hug, kiss on the A and M cheek. How are you, Primo? You good? Is everything all right? How is the family? Blah blah blah. So, A and M walks in. I name stand up, and he goes, "Sit down." So I'm like. So he goes, tell me what happened. And I'm like, about what? He's like, the bag. I was like, what about? About the the bag. I met the, you guys. By the way, they're a bunch of sloppy motherfuckers because I gave them a specific address and they parked in a block away. And I thought that you were setting me up to fucking, <laughs> fucking get the rob. So I was a little unnerved but i trust you i believe in you we're boys 
I consider you family. So I put that out of my mind because I didn't want to insult you or disrespect you. So I never sent him anything about it. He's like, I'm like, why? He's like, who did you have follow them? And I'm like, follow who? He's like, that car. I was like, bro, I don't know what the fuck uh, your name I'm talking about. And if you're accusing me of something, say it right now. He goes, what did you do? I said, I met them. I gave them the bag. They opened the trunk, put it in there, drove away. It was three guys. Didn't have on this seatbelts. They look suspect and they're nervous. He's like, okay. And he sits there and he picks up his his uh, black uh, uh, berry then and he bringing black uh, berries. Come on. And I'm like, here we go. He waits. He sends him a uh, second uh, message and puts his phone uh, down and says, can you be in uh, Chicago next uh, month sending him pick up like another load? I was like, you got money? He was like, all I have is money. What I don't have is am transportation. So are you ready to make this money? I said, absolutely. So the next uh, few weeks pass. We meet a bunch uh, more. Um, hanging out, drinking, restaurants. Um, turns out to be a really nice uh, guy, right? It just so happens that he's a transportation seller head here. So it's all good. Um, he's like, um, let's uh, meet. We meet. Uh, the job is to go to Chicago and meet the one of his guys there to name bring a load load back. I'm like, yeah, sure. So I can contact you sees out out in uh Chicago. They name have a truck. They meet this guy at a truck stop, which is very uh common, right? Um passes the bag. The agents fly it back. It's all good. Um, it's more than twenty. It's a sub. Uh, it's a substantial amount. It's three big weighted bags. I won't give the exact count because it's going to. So, um, call him. I'm like, yo, it's here, man. He was like, oh, that's great. Let's uh, meet. So we go to meet at the same restaurant in uh, Brooklyn. I have a habit of when I sit uh, down, I put my phone and and my keys on the uh, uh, table. So that day, I borrow an agent's car, a clean car, a Jeep. So you should, religiously, you should sanitize yourself. like. Any police stuff, you know, badges, wallets, phones, boots, chains on, uh, with the religious 
the symbols or Saint uh, Michael's, like you really want to make a sure and search uh, the car. Hey, and just like, no, no, man, it's all, all uh, good. I'm like, yeah, that's cool, but I'll uh, uh, toss it so I can toss it myself. Cause it good. I go meet him, walk in. He stands up with his arms out with a huge uh, smile. <laughs> He's like, remember, we did it. And I was like, we sure did. I walk over, I put the my keys, and then phone down. I give him a big, big hug. Big old kiss on the uh, cheek. And he, he's like, man, you made me really happy. And I'm like, me too, man. So he says, and I said, I look at the keys, and the agent had a handcuff key on his key ring. Some so that handcuff key is what an inch, maybe a two, two inches long. To me, that fuck was like three and a half foot long, <laughs> silver and shiny. I'm like motherfucker, you, you know. Um. So how would you explain that, right? Like, yeah. Like, like like how are you gonna explain that there's a handcuff? Uh, unless there's some weird sexual perversion right. that you're like handcuffing mother. Your leather daddy all day, (laughs) right? So I need to grab him really fast. Fast, I shove him in my uh, uh, pocket. I'm like, oh man, my uh, other phone. So I go out, I come back in, and we uh, arrange that night for him to go to a warehouse. Oh, prior prior to, to him giving me a load. We meet to go out. So I was like, "Yeah, cool." So we go to this little Mexican restaurant. We walk in, and there's no one there. There's two guys there. There's a a leather-faced older guy, ostrich skin boots, big old Volkswagen hubcap style, a belt, a buffalo flannel shirt, and 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 a younger Mexican male. Gelled up full hawk and stuff, and uh, I'm like, oh, this is straight cold. Didn't say, hey, we're we're gonna go meet. So we go, we sit down, have uh, beers, talk and stuff, and they just wanted to meet them. I was like, yeah, cool, it's all good. So um, I was like, I just met big guys. Right, they had flown in from uh. West Coast. I was like, this is real. And then I get the the job, meet him, the keys. So now I give him the warehouse address. Him and those two show up. And there's no uh, kilos, just same three sets of shiny uh, bracelets for him, right? So <laughs> the next day, they're being arraigned in the uh, federal court. And I'm there and in a suit. And, like, how the marshals bring him uh, to court, the f- there's, like, a little hallway behind the uh, uh, courtroom. So I'm standing there waiting, and they're bringing him up. And he sees me, and he stops, and he starts screaming, Why is this guy here? This guy didn't do anything. This guy's a gentleman. This guy's a... Mm-hmm. Businessman, he's never touched drugs in his whole life. 
whatever you got, it's mine. That's fine. This man should not be here. So he's coming to my defense. He is outraged that I'm there. This guy did nothing. What are you doing? This is a, uh, uh, this is just terrible. This is wrong. So I move uh, my hands from uh, the back, the front, and he looked at my face and he looked at my hands and he starts like tearing up. He's like, no, no, He's like, no, it can't be. And like that, that teenage heartbreak sob, that Ooh, cry, and he starts crying. He broke my heart for like 30 seconds. He was, he was like, I was going to make you my son's God. Father, how could you do this to me? We're brothers, family, and all of that kind of stuff. He, he thought I was a in uh, foreman. Did, did yeah, he snitched on him. Think I was a cop. Yeah, and uh, that was the first time that I had really built a strong rapport relationship with uh, someone, just as another human being, and. And it kind of breaks uh, your heart until you remember that this guy was breaking hundreds or thousands of family lives that their sons, their daughters are now stealing out of their pocketbooks and breaking uh, family ties and bonds and um, old and So this guy, as much as a personal relationship that I had, with him never lost sight that this this guy really isn't peddling death and it's just it's just not white so you you put your white hat back on and you don't feel bad anymore right yeah it's just how it goes but that case started from one little jerk off kid in brooklyn selling a mid uh level weight that that's well so did you guys develop all these cases yourself or would like local pd pull you in on things so basically the way the task force forces work is that the dea brings on state and local agencies realize a force um multiplier and you wind up getting a task force credentials and vehicles and you kind of you do have the same authorization and empowers agents have while am you you are deputized so a lot of these cases just generated by us okay right um so you'll have state and local guys coming in from um their own uh commands narco gang unit guns and stuff and, and that task force really is the cream of the crop that new york field division um drug enforcement task force those are meat eaters like those are the guys producing the huge huge uh cases and doing a thousand hours surveillance pissing in uh uh gatorade bottles and that kind of stuff and freezing in your car with the Car off in January because you don't want an exhaust this yeah. signature. Her and uh, the uh, of being in them 
for a Marlboro and you can't uh, smoke because, right? So, so, so those are the guys that are really doing it, right? And, and um, they are the ones that are producing cases. And the more cases you work, the more confidential sources you uh, develop. And, and, and those guys really are your bread and butter, right? Uh, so people shit talking down, by, hey, he's a rat. He, he is like a snitch. And regardless of what their mo- motivation, maybe vengeance, time, uh, money, um, you wouldn't be able to develop these cases without. Can uh, you tell us the one about the Hellraiser's ball? Oh, that sounds like a crazy one to me. I was, um, I was, again, on a federal street gang, uh, task force. And, um, we wind up, um, work, working the organized major gangs, right? MS-13, Latin Kings, uh, then Salvador's reply, Bloods, uh, and, and uh, within the village of uh, Hempstead, uh, three square miles of pure just, just terribleness, right? Uh, so if I had to describe the gang culture in New, New York State, it, it would be the stinky little hemorrhoid on the asshole of New York State. It's like it's... An, I know the thing, but it's just just uh, terrible. Yeah, but um, so uh, the Hell's Angels had a clubhouse in uh, Hempstead, thank you, and um, uh, they were part of the clubs that were doing um this huge uh Hellraisers ball uh-huh. uh tattoo music uh, uh convention. At a um, at a venue, this big uh, hall on um, the, the like Nassau Suffolk line. Um, so we had a unwitting, meaning us someone that was just uh, that we had worked a relationship with, wasn't an informant, but didn't realize didn't know, that yeah. he was dealing with the law in in uh Boston. So we arranged to go and meet uh, someone from a duck, duck uh, club. Duck clubs are uh, um clubs that sponsor or uh support some of the major one uh percent clubs like uh Hells Angels, Mongols, Bagos, um uh the Outlaws, um that's the type of thing. Um, so on game day, I'm going to get the intro, and um, the unwitting can't uh, make it. But I'm there. I'm ready. And uh, at that time, I wind up uh, sh- shaving my head. My uh, beard was a good maybe 16 inches braided uh in uh uh, uh pigtails so i look like a <laughs> man 
maniac parent teacher meetings were like uh, <laughs> the best. Right. Plus, I'd ride up, and, and they'd be like, "Your your kids are doing great. They're 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 like A plus students. Can you leave? You know that that name side type of thing." Um, so I'm there, and my partner's like, "Hey, my daughter's birthday." Tonight, I, I gotta pick up uh, the cakes since it's squash. Like, I'll call my uh, wife and now I can't get them help. I'm like, Yeah, go. We didn't think, no one thought that there would be a problem because there were HA clubs from all over the like US and the Sunny uh, Barger was uh, there who, uh, who just re. Re- recently passed and uh, Chuck uh, Zito who was active at that uh, time and he, he was on Oz and later Sons and stuff so major major uh, uh, players plus all of these support and like duck uh, clubs um, but it was a cool event the first floor was like a bar with the rockabilly Barbers and selling motorcycle parts, and then upstairs, uh, second floor was all vendors selling merch and tattoo booths and uh, live uh, bands. And, and uh, I rode heavy then, so I was like, and plus there were civilians there. Yeah. So so it wasn't like a OMG, like a out outlaw motorcycle right. game. Only the Hell's Angels did really good, right? At, at like rebranding, and they like, are, and you know where, like they would throw events, and and it was like this. They had they had swag. You could buy, yeah. They merchandise themselves better than anyone else, and they are on copyrights. Like, don't knock off a H A trademark item. It isn't gonna happen, right? Um, so, and, and everyone that I had stopped during my uniform career was always very respectful, never gave a hard uh, time, always shut off their bikes, weren't them smart asses, right? Because they knew better. Like, Mm -hmm. why cause a bigger problem than what this may be? Very very smart. Right. Um. So so I felt good uh, going in and I going in. There was a uh, Nassau County uh, uh, special in uh, investigation squad uh, detective that name does uh, bikes in there in the plain clothes because this this was like a huge intel thing and there was a Nassau County Intel uh, a trailer outside and taking uh, pictures, but those guys are like uh, like mob. They're like look and smile and wave because they they know what the you're uh, doing and like they expect their pictures and their plates uh, to be t- taken. So there's thousands of people in uh, this uh, venue. It's cool. Walk around. I buy uh, swag. I'm leaving, so the 
front door was like uh, the world's greatest choker point. The two side doors are locked, forcing everyone to go through a revolving door, right? We never go through uh, revolving doors. Um, So when you go through the revolving door to enter the venue in uh, the lobby on the right was a H.A. Club out of mass selling swag Mm -hmm. t-shirts hats (laughs) bandanas stickers support stuff right a whole like eight uh, foot the guy behind it was like eight foot tall huge beard gigantic man 300 pounds savage gorilla animal right um and then to the left was uh the local long island club and they had like a a U, U, U-shaped tables selling swag, selling hats and shirts and sweatshirts and stuff, and 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 alongside the back of their booth, they had hanging uh, hoodies, sweatshirts and stuff. So I was like, cool. So I'm leaving, and as I leave, I see like people start backing away from the revolving door, and I'm like, that's kind of weird but i'm leaving because uh i'm done and i see this gigantic human being come in and he has long hair and he's dirty and he's wearing a uh pagan's cut the cut is their uh, vest and denim and he's 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 big too he's a gigantor so i'm like oh snap and he comes in and he has like a um he it's not a two by four and it's not a it's it's not a piece of lumber it's like one of those trees that the support a growing tree like a those those uh, wood uh, right that they pound into the dirt and tie the tree to yeah he has that and he comes with this barbarian roar and he starts smacking the name uh cape uh kata cruised cable and there's t-shirts and shit flying all over it. And he's just screaming like, Rawr! you know, so I'm like, oh, shit. But again, tactically, not the, the best because now his boys are kind of stuck in the revolving door. Right. Because he kind of blocked them. So now the uh, H.A. beast is like, get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. And he pulls out bear spray like a bear spray can and he starts spraying oh, get the fuck out of here but the guy's like ah, you know so now everybody's running and shit and just to clarify were you armed i was armed you were okay. yeah with a glock uh, 26 um but i'm dirty jeans mm-hmm. biker boots greasy holly t-shirt leather vest appendix carry right so i'm like oh shit so i see this so i back up behind the, the like hanging uh sweatshirts and i'm looking because a lot of the hell's angels all like ran away you know i was like where the f-? i was like where are these guys can go and fight there's a whole bunch of but again they're trained they've been through it and they've been around since uh the name 50s so 
by no means is this their first uh, rodeo. For me, it's mine. I'm like, this is <laughs> this is cool and scary at the same, same yeah. time. You're, you're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, shit. So three pagans make it in behind him. And uh, I start s- seeing that uh, racking action. But the f- first uh, guy I I named C uh, Rack is a top uh, rack. So I know, well, top uh, rack is something firing from the open bolt. And that's not uh, good. It's a Mac-10 or a Colbrate. Oh, shit. So I'm yeah, like, yeah. that isn't good because I, 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 I don't see his whole body. I, I just see the motion of the rack. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> Behind him, I'm like, this just got real. Behind him. Uh, Beretta 92 AFS comes out stainless and does a, the old two-finger uh, f- f- pinch yeah. push <laughs> right. push a rack. And I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> I'm like, this just got real. At that time, this little guy, he's maybe like five, six, older guy, bowling on top Long uh, hair, th- three damn teeth uh, in his head, and a uh, wicked wheeler duck uh, club uh, to, to the angels. He's screaming and he's laughing his ass off in a full fucking charge at him with an ball-peen hammer. And he jumps up and he smacks one. Pap! He laughs and he runs away. I was like, what the, fuck, what the fuck's going on here? Right? So so I'm tucked uh, behind the... Uh, hanging clothes and this angel comes and and he comes and he stands right behind the right between the rack and me there was no space there because uh i'm like getting as much uh concealment as in i can and he comes and i could smell the grease in his hair and his ass is on my uh thighs this is so i'm like what the fuck so i pull out my uh, uh 26 and i Cover it with the my uh, my vest, and I have it and pointed at his back. And he takes from his back 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 pocket this little semi-automatic. It's like a twenty-five size, and he part parts him the like um sweatshirt, and he fires around. But it's the report is really really low. Like yeah. It didn't sound like a real around. So now I'm smelling like OC. So I'm like, something ain't right. So I'm flashing back to when I stopped these guys. And a lot of them, they all carried a ball-peen hammers. But some carried these little Italian-made semi-automatic uh, uh, six-round slide uh, mags, mags and stuff. So I'm like, oh, this guy's shooting a freaking tear gas gun. I was, there is no slack on him, a Glock's a trigger, but that name trigger safety's off. And I'm like, I'll just do him here. Then I hear the report. It's real small. I'm smelling OC. And I'm like, oh, man, what, what? What do I do? Do I shoot him right. and I'm all the way inside and there's seven 
hundred angels and a duck club inside. Do I scream, police, don't move? Then all the <laughs> pagans and them angels right. are sh- sh- shoot, shoot at me. And I wasn't too concerned about getting in a gun battle at that point because um, there were civilians there, right? Yeah. So the deal is this. If, if, if that's what it takes and... You hear cops uh, say uh, the most important thing for you is to go home at night. Like, I I never really um, took to that because if we're not going to put ourselves in harm's way, then who will? Like, that's our job. And if it takes me sacrificing my life to save a civilian, then I will. I mean, flashing back to all these shootings in school shootings like seeing guys uh, freeze and that's a whole another uh, story with training and tactics and all that I never felt that well I I need to go home regardless of what's uh, uh, happening I think it's that whole military mind is set too like not that this is what i'm here for right yeah you're trying you're there to be the good guy you're like you want to go home but you want to go home with like your integrity right right yeah yeah Yeah. and 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 if you you lose your life in the process because you were doing your job and doing us something good well i i knew that when i got a shield and I put a gun on my hip, right? Right. They give us a gun to carry, not a pencil, because this job is inherently dangerous. Right. right. So I, I never really subscribed to that thought, and cops saying, giving this gun, like, that guy's an asshole and all this kind of shit. Well, that that is just how, how, how like, I feel, and you'll hear other undercovers with a lot of experience say like if you're gonna do a deal and you don't feel butterflies in the your uh, stomach that's uh, wrong I've never felt that so what do you do so what I do is I kind of step back and he puts it in his pocket and he runs up the stairs and he disappears and I don't see anyone go down I'm just like, hmm. So, a um, few minutes later, like I'm trying to get out a, a window or a side door to like start to, to usher civilians out, and he comes back, and he stands in the same uh, spot. And I go, hey, where's the gun? Give it the... T- me because I just wanted something and he goes I already got rid of it Sonny's upstairs let's go like he has that weird like almost Mike uh, Tyson like voice. 1930s gangster kind yeah, of voice. like I was like what the hell and he t- takes off from running so I was like fuck that I'm out of here right so get out of the place I get in my uh, Scooby-Doo 
You see, van. It was this little like uh, <laughs> crazy looking van. So I'm gonna get uh, to safety and then then uh, call. I, I see this Nassau cop pull off. Then I'm like, hey, the name you would uh, get a shots of fire call. He 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 goes, yeah. I was like, well, then there's in guys uh they are armed start the calling for more more uh, guys um so he, he goes yeah there's him five uh, shot and one is likely so i'm like oh shit so i named get out and now the nassau guy is uh confronting two bands of named pagans that now uh fled so, so they all bail out on him saying, yo, my bro is shot. My name bro's a shot. He's like, get back in the car, get back in the car, you know, so stop. And we're like waiting, waiting for them cavalry uh, to come. One guy makes it to pass him. So I do my full charge, flying Superman tackle, and I freaking hit him up high. The guy just kind of like, weaves a bit doesn't go 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 down i'm like oh, i'm i'm screwed so i'm wrapping legs <laughs> legs and i'm trying to shake him so he falls uh, down so uh thank god bikers all have bad uh, knees and backs and tailbone so he falls over and i'm lucky enough to name Getting a full amount, so, so now he's face up, shoulders pinned, and I'm just, I'm going to town. <laughs> I'm wearing him out the name best uh, I can, and um, I see the uh, Nassau cop like like saying 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 something, but as you know, auditory exclusion. Illusion is true, but I don't hear anything. But I see, so I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, pap, pap, pap. And I, I hear, and a push bumper from a patrol car stops about three inch, <laughs> inches away, and I, 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 I can feel the radiator's heat through uh, the grill, and I can smell his brakes, brakes. Where they am smoking at night, looking. My guy's like screaming something. I turn. It's a Suffolk highway guy, and he winds up. And all I see is that nice spit shine, <laughs> calf height, uh, cavalry boot, boot yeah. So I'm just so I didn't take it to, in the, the face, and I'm on my uh, back, and I'm like, ah, but, but. But what did he see? He saw the plain clothes cop dealing with a bunch of bikers and then two dirty bikers fighting. Right. So, so, right. So he's uh, screaming, he's on a job, he's on a job. But, you know. So I'm freaking oh laying there and I look up and on the like parking lot, re. Uh, t- Painting wall of a bunch of angels, 
And then Zito, he's like, you fucking rat, you motherfucker, like that. To me, you know, I'm just like, oh, shit. Like, they, those are guys that you really don't want pissed off. Yeah. Off of you. By that time, everyone comes. Nassau, Suffolk, the, the state police, the the name Fisher police, the sheriff, like, everybody's coming. So they lock uh, the name place uh, down. And uh, they go one by one to ID guys there. ID and you, colors off, name, picture, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm then there with a mask on and a Nassau County jacket. And then gloves on. They're coming through in number 706. He says, my name is. And I'm like, that's him. But he looks different, right? He's like, my name is. And I'm like, that's him. They're like, are you sure? I'm like, I'm a hundred percent sure, because he had on these uh, these really unique riding boots that were unique to him. So I'm like, I remember looking down, hearing that voice, seeing his face, seeing boots, because I've trained my UCs always. When you walk up, look at what. The shoes are first. Because if at the street level and it goes bad and he runs, he's him stripping his basketball pants off, his sweatpants off, hoodies. So now his pants and his top are named completely different. So when you put out a script, male running, westbound, black shirt, white free and sweats on, now it has a white uh, top and gray uh, sh- shorts on, but they never cha- change the shoes, right? So, so I took a notice. But the, he had pulled his hair back, um, shaved uh, his uh, beard really nice because there you were there for hours and hours and um, uh, took off his uh, cut, changed his jacket, put on gloves. Well, I'm like, that's... Uh, him. So, so they grab him and they charge him. They grab 73 pagans and they search. They found a ton of drug, coke and meth and guns and all kind of kinds of stuff inside. And um, it goes uh, to trial. One person takes it to trial. And I was like, why are these guys taking this to trial. Everybody else pled except one. Why? Because they wanted to flush out who. Oh, right. They wanted to see, oh, who, I see. who testifies. Who was where the snitch yeah. came from. So the judge judging doesn't close the court. So I'm like, they're going to see me. So I shave a uh, my head bald skin and I shave him my uh, face and I go um go to a costume shop and I get um a liquid scar and and I paint this nasty scar like uh, from my uh eye, eyebrow all the way down past the, my uh, lips uh, to the chin because that same something sig uh, that's what they'll focus on Significant, right? Yeah. So I go, I am testifying, I am court, and uh, half 
courtrooms from Pagan and half of the courtrooms of <laughs> Angels. I think that was the only time they all uh, cooperated <laughs> what, together. Why would, when, when a judge knows, it's the judge's discretion to close a court, right? Yes. When a judge knows that an undercover is going to testify, why don't they automatically close the court? Typically, they do. This time, they didn't. And we fought it. And he said, no, that's your job. So that's just like, wild to me. It was bad. It was bad. So a f- few months later, my uh, uh, parent uh, agency calls us and says, hey, your name was uh, run uh, at a police station. Oh, shit. Out of country. And I'm like, mm. they're like, that is the only way that they f- flagged it. So I'm like, oh, crap. They had someone in, in the police force look up your name. Somewhere. Yeah. 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 So um, they're like, what, what, when they do that, what pops up? Because you're an undercover officer. So typically you go by a number or a code name depending on the agency that you work uh, for. It's CIs too. Some are referred to by a code name or a number, right? Um, so a lot of that stuff gets uh, redacted, but uh, for some reason it just came out, and I can guess why. I mean, the, those guys have long, long reach, and they've been around a long time, and they're friendly with a lot of uh, people. So um, they have the local precinct doing drive-bys uh the house. But uh, I had a young uh, child at the, the time, and I lived on the uh, top uh, floor of this uh, building. And uh, Nanny was uh, is rarely so I had a gun safe in a plaza. I'm like, Shirley, come here. I'm like, if you see someone coming up that the fire escape window, shoot them. So I opened my safe and I pull like a 38 revolver, like a five shot the chief. She was like, well, I'm like, something would work work and stuff. She's like, someone may come to harm the uh, baby. I was like, no, they, they didn't look in forward at me. She's like, go to work. She takes the chief, she puts it back on the uh, shelf, pulls out the uh, AR, loads in the mag, <laughs> charges it, charges, <laughs> charges it, straps it, picks her up and puts her on him her own name hip and says uh, I'm making lamb chops for the <laughs> di- dinner. She, I was like, she did a year in the IDF. Yeah. yeah. I did too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she was awesome. I was like, it's the best nanny ever. <laughs> right? But uh, that that uh, was uh, that and uh, he took a charge for criminal possession of a weapon because he had a valid self uh, defense uh, claim for a gun that we never recalled. 
covered. But th- those guys are men, and they don't even take a charge, and they'll do uh, their uh, time. So, I mean, so. when if they take a charge, especially if it's not like a super long one, like if they take a charge, they know like when they go in that they're protected, that that you know people are going to watch out for them. Yeah, I mean it. it it is very similar to, to when an OC guy, like a maid uh, guy, is in the side. Like, those guys are respect. And, like, people know that you just just don't fuck uh, yeah. with them. It's not the 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 squeeze isn't worth the, the juices, they say, right? Yeah. So, um... I know we're, we're taking up a lot of your time, but I uh, one more story I'd love to hear tonight is the Mexico story. So, Mexico, and I can't say too much about it, but parent um, agency, again, it really depends on who's was like in charge and what kind of risk they are willing them to accept and really what kind of cop they were prior mm-hmm. right so you meet guys that were the carpet walking mouth uh, breathers that are now a colonel that right wrote the seatbelt tickets to right housewives and shit and then you, you like can get the thought like guys in crazy Crazy pursuits, smash them up, shots fired, and all kinds of stuff, right? Um, so those are the guys that can kind of give you a little room and stuff. Um, so the, there really weren't any uh, protocols f- for us, but uh, working like a long-term uh, uh, case through uh, steps and more, uh, more than... A year of meeting people within the organization um, um, level to meet the guy at the next uh, level to meet the guy outside that cell that manages that the cell all the way to like the uh, main main uh, thing. So as the uh, Story goes, and, and again, I won't be super specific, but uh, I'm meeting this guy, and I think I'm at the top, right? So I'm like, I've never met someone at this level before. So I'm like, this guy's gonna show up like the fucking movies, right? Right. With 20 blacked out Humvees, with friggin' cholos with AKs and Roddies on chains and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> right. So, so right. I'm ready. Right. I, I'm like, let's do it. Right? I, I, I'm not a tough guy, but I'm a t- tough guy. You know, like sure. I can handle myself. But I was more like interested to see, right? Curiosity, like, yo, let's uh, do it. So I'm meaning to to negotiate a large shipment um uh sourced uh from the colombia to mexico dealing with it um and uh i'm going to meet this guy kind of nervous not the butterfly nervous like oh shit i'm more like 
anxious. Like, yeah, I, like, how I want to see how this shit plays out. Right. 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 This is pretty cool. Like, yeah. I think it's cool. Everybody was like, oh, man, you're going to die. You're going to get killed. You're going to get fed uh, fucking alligators. Yeah, right, like, right, right. If so, it's a cool sto- story, right, you know? Right, like, right. fuck it. You Somebody know can I mean? tell it for <laughs> me. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. fuck it. <laughs> um, so I'm expecting to meet this caricature, right? So I'm at a uh, an outdoor cafe, and this guy walks up in a nice uh, a Ralph uh, Lauren button-down blue khaki pant- pants on, Ferragamo shoes, matching belt, sits uh, down, and he's like, how are you? And I'm like, good. Who are you? And he's like, I'm the person that you came uh, to met. That's interesting because I've been sitting here and I didn't call anyone. So that means that you've been watching me for a long, long time. And he goes, of course, that's our job. I'm like, okay, well, I just hope that your guys didn't see my guys because I'm sure that your guys are a lot better than this, than my guys are, you know, yeah. thinking like, oh, shit. Um, so we sit, we have coffee, we talk, uh, negotiate uh, a large amount, right? Um, uh, serious weight. Like, uh, more than the 10K, that, something yeah. that you'll need, uh, bigger than a tractor. This, this, yeah, this, this is like, uh, you know, fucking narco submarine level type yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that uh, weight, right? Yeah, right. Like, um, you'll need a uh, forklift to to move. So, it's all good. Uh, I name can come back uh, to uh, New York if FedEx a sat phone. Right, it's all good. Uh, arrange a um, to. Travel to the vicinity of uh, Puerto Rico because he believes that I can get this through Puerto Rico to to uh, the uh, states. It's a big uh, transit point. So lo lo and behold, uh, there there is a another federal agency, one uh, that you wouldn't think that actually has on. Uh, undercover floating apparatus that can uh, move this this uh, weight with um, crew and uh, k- captain that you would never think were good guys, right? Like uh, they Captain call- Captain Jack Sparrow person. Uh, yeah, like they, dude, they, are you for real? They look like pirates. <laughs> yeah, uh, straight up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like like uh, real life modern day pirates of. Uh, the uh, Caribbean. So uh, the call is made and call is received. And uh, so, somewhere in the Straits between the Dominican Republic and uh, Puerto Rico, out of the fog, like a fucking movie, here come those uh, lanchas and the name Goa Fest, and they bring in hoist. Hoist the pole, hoist the rope, put a friggin' uh, pulley on it, and they just start moving bundles, bundle after bundle 
after bundling in in about f- 14 minutes they're all gone ropes uh, off pull uh, down and they're back in f- through uh, the uh, fog pretty amazing like I had never thought that happened the way it did and then to be part of some, something like that to be part of the negotiations and then to see it come into a fruition sitting back now I'm like bro that was fucking cool right yeah so so it's always it's always interesting on my part now like you'll hear guys say well I I was in under covering that really is God's work, but like everything else, there are levels, right? Um, I was fortunate enough to be with very proactive units, to been with great interagency task force that guys were, let's fucking do it. We don't know how this may turn out, but let's uh, do it. So always been very fortunate to have high-level targets to have good CSs and CIs that could make that happen. Out of curiosity, for for like a DEA task force, um, how much of a percentage would you say it was that ops were driving the intel or the intel was driving ops? Would you go out and conduct like these low-level ops in order to work your way up or that you knew where you wanted to go and then you would try to figure out a way in? It kind of, it kind of really was Intel driven to initiate the case. But then once, once uh, the case is initiated and it starts to unfold, you really can do it operation driven to where you're targeting certain elements within the same organization that you can wall off to name develop the case case more like okay i'm on a wire and now it's spun off to to his money guy and his transport guy and his um drivers within the name transport cell okay so so we've been up on this wire eight months can we pick this guy off this low-level driver with like three keys because we know that he has three baby mamas. He's <laughs> he's paying three rents. He has no name money on him. His phone is this guy the weaker link. Like let's say target him because he'll roll. Get him in in the box. Bring him in on him team uh, America. The firm kick his ass out, like, you're fucking working uh, f- f- for us now, right? So you don't fart unless you call and ask the <laughs> permission to fart. Yeah. Right? So that name kind of thing. So it's, it, it's, it, it's really both. It just depends on the target and depends on the case and sometimes depends on the product, right? Yeah. Right? So, so, so you'll see... Uh, then 
cocaine wire that they'll, they'll get 30 kilos in, and now it's sold, the counts are done, and they're rich. And they're buying watches, and they're buying <laughs> X5s, and they're buying a fucking SM uh, 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 5 of 5, and they're in the clubs, and they're and popping bottles, and then in two, two weeks, they're calling guys for money to put minutes on the drug phone because they're fucking broke. Right. <laughs> but you'll get marijuana guys, they're, they're always fat named with the name Cash, and there's always guns. Why? Everybody smokes weed, and there's always cash. Right. And those are guys are people don't like uh, doing weed uh, cases. I'm like, you have to do them at that level because there's so much money yeah. involved. And now as you you start the, to see the legalization come here and and like as they start to issue licenses to sell it you'll start seeing these guys getting popped yeah they're gonna be getting robbed left and right they name all they already are because everyone knows the weed man has cash yeah yeah and that literally is a cash crop and you you could sell it anywhere yeah yeah i i uh we got through like a quarter of of the stories that i wanted to ask you about we're gonna have to have you back again sometime sure, sure. but um let's get into some uh questions from the viewers so um, we'll get to isaac's question first so i don't forget that sure. um let me pull it up real quick here he asked it on our patreon um join our patreon if you want to get these episodes ad free by the way uh, yeah, tons of bonus content, uh, and you get some questions answered. Uh, uh, where is this question? Ha- um, has your opinion of the war on drugs changed over the years? And and what what is your opinion of the war on drugs? So, I think it is it is necessary we need to we need to have that enforcement action right um the southwest border as we all know is so porous and is the major source and now that in the advent of synthetic opioids it really has changed the game to where we started to see a lull in uh in like uh cocaine production to where it was going from 49 $52,000 a kilo and dropping to 30 28 and then at some point 18,000 because they weren't even getting hit the hard and then in the advent of powdered heroin um organically based uh we saw that they started to push that more because the profit margin was so much more and if you did have a good um organic heroin product you could put more cut and like stretch that profit Uh to make a thousand kilos uh 
1,200, uh, 1,000, one kilo, 1,000 grams to stretch it to 1,200 grams, adding an extra 200 grams at $49 a gram and still keep a good uh, potency. So we saw that heroin making a making a comeback and now when you start dealing with fentanyl and it's and it's in analogs that has completely changed the game it has completely changed the the game because you could take 10 grams of the fentanyl and put 10 times the amount of cut so now your profit margins huge so in that lull between the explosion of organic heroin and the cocaine, it it kind of was was like, well, we are making it then, right? Yeah. Um, kind of changed your attitude towards this uh, war, but now it's not a war anymore. We're losing. We're getting slaughtered, right? Well, the American people are getting slaughtered by fentanyl. I didn't yeah. know that. Literally. Um, so without, without sealing, without becoming political, the fact is, is that with a porous border, with a porous southwest border through means of concealed compartments and vehicles and tr- Track the trailers and embody uh, 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 mules or uh, trafficking, we'll, we'll, we'll never get a handle, right? Because that's not those, those raw products, those analogs are not being shipped here. They're being shipped to, to them Mexico, right? Yeah. So without us having a good handle on that border, there's no way to really enforce it because once it crosses, we lost. Right. We already lost. Now we're playing catch-up. Right. Catch-up so much that 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 we don't have enough f- fingers to them plug up the dam. We just don't. Right? So without... So, so this war... It, it isn't a war. It's it, it, it's not even a battle anymore. The uh, the opposition, the enemy, is just eating our lunch. We we fought the war on drugs, and the, the drugs won, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I wonder what that means, like long term. If I, I mean, marijuana is definitely on track to be legalized. Maybe other drugs, you know, in future generations. What does that mean, right? Uh, the pros and the cons of it, because there are two sides to it, of oh, course. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I, I think that, in uh, my own personal opinion, on the marijuana front, yeah, sure, sure. I, I think there are legitimate mm-hmm. medicinal uses, medical uses of for it, but the. But the problem is, is that when uh, you start getting these synthetic cannabinoids that are now being cut with vitamin E to stretch it, mm-hmm. and it's vaped, and that five 
vitamin E cannot stay liquid because the body doesn't have a the temp temp to name keep it liquid. Now it becomes a health problem. And as many as legitimate producers of that there are there are as many right illegitimate right producers and it's completely on uh regular there, there's regular a, a similar conversation about human trafficking right and and that um you know there are legitimate um legitimate businesses oh, semi-legitimate businesses like strip clubs that are used to launder money pornography industry used to launder the money of human oh. trafficking um, should we legalize prostitution? Would that help? And, and I've had police officers tell me that if we did that, um, it would make it more difficult for the police officers to differentiate between the illicit and the legitimate businesses. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm usually in favor of legalization, but I can see from talking to police officers the other side of it, too, that it brings up other challenges. Yeah. It, it's it, um, human... Trafficking isn't my forte. There's two uh, things that I would never have done or, or named do on the job: child, yeah, pornography, and then human trafficking. Like that. That is where I know that I wouldn't be able to work work of those. But on the human trafficking front, right? Um, it's very difficult now. To figure out who's being trafficked and then who's uh, not, and um, even trafficked as as a 14-year-old that was born and bred and then grew up in uh, Queens that uh, now is being uh, uh, prostituted by a guy that, that that's a uh, savvy. Even when you bring those girls in. They don't think that they're being trafficked, right? Right. So, like, that is like another hurdle. Yeah. Right. So it's a huge problem. So it's just it's it's. I, the victims don't see themselves as victims. Right. So so the and and then others see it as a a way of um, economically bettering themselves and that is just just something and half they have to do and those are the women that you speak to and 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 they themselves are kind of like they know it's wrong they may not want to but in their mind it's just just a means of just business who and end and they're like this is just my job yeah so it's like difficult to pick those things apart decipher you just yeah. it, it's it, it's difficult than I couldn't do it let's uh, hit up some more questions yeah uh, so I think Isaac had one more is there any similarities to the global war on terror and the war on drugs if not would fighting the war on drugs be the same as the uh, the GWAT I don't know or at least adapt some tactics like what JSOC does for hunting terror I don't know if our listeners can hear this, but the uh, the evangelical church upstairs is uh, 
they're going full blast. They, they have like a speaker system that is like, I think, pointed at the floor <laughs> and it's literally vibrating it right above me and Dave. Yeah, they just decided to start Friday services. So thanks, yeah. guys. <laughs> uh, okay, so Isaac's question. Yeah, yeah, how, so, uh, yeah the, I got it. Um, they, 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 they basically go hand in hand, right? Um, so when you do have terror organizations in Southeast Asia and uh, South um, America, specifically Colombia, Bolivia, that are funding their terror efforts through uh, the uh, sale of narcotics. That is just a tale of a, a tale that is old as time, right? Um, right. So, 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 like, DEA did have faster teams, and, and uh, they would uh, deploy to every active combat zone targeting this, this uh, right? So, if you look at these not as a separate issue... If you look at them as they are going hand in glove and you do target them the same way KSOC does within whatever the federal legality, maybe if they can work through it, absolutely, right? Um, Are there U.S. embeds with the foreign... uh, countries to caught targeting narco uh, groups uh, yeah we, we know there are right so if we can do more of that in my opinion I, I think think it is only a good start that it should be expanded because that is that is really the technical and technical and brawn needed to yeah combat it before it comes here because once it's here we're it, done right we're done right you know? yeah um danny thank you very much uh does the does the fact okay so this um i'm not sh- does the fact that the ultra wealthy pharma corporations and ceos such as sackler family uh that intentionally create the opioid epidemic in the us are able to avoid doing jail time does that frustrate you? What it does is um, my own personal story with it. I was in a really bad um, motorcycle crash while I'm on uh, the job. I broke uh, my foot, ankle, leg, uh, uh, collarbone, shoulder blade in the back. I was in bed and and uh, later a physical rehab place. I was off uh, the job for eight uh, months, right? Wow. When I was finally released to a hospital bed in uh, my own home, I'm taking these Oxycontins. I'm taking six, six 20s a day, but I really didn't know what the... What effect they had, right? So I'm like, "Hey, Doc, sh- 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 
should I still be taking these uh, six? Long pause, and he's like, uh, they should have weaned you off of that bef before you left. So like, uh, come back in and we'll uh, speak about it. Scared the shit, shit out of me. I went cold turkey and I stopped. I was sweating in that hospital bed with headaches, stomach pains, cramps for a few uh, days. It was the worst, disgusting, most painful thing that I had ever felt. And and with your time on uh, the road, meaning quote-unquote junkies, no, people addicted to damn opioids, it's easy to treat them like, ah, you're a dirtbag right now. You're a addiction now. Uh, you're just weak, right? Shake it off, right? Mm -hmm. When it, when I was in that position, the empathy and and perspective that I had for someone that was addicted to 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 these opioids, either illegally produced or um, produced by the big uh, pharma, it really changed my mind and realizing and seeing how story after story about high school football player uh -huh. athlete getting hurt being coming um uh addicted and not being able to receive prescriptions because it was now uh um uh prescribed too much and then turning to street level opioids right. like uh, heroin do I have a personal um, negative feeling about that um, I do yeah I do because I lived it and if it didn't happen to me my answer would be not nah, big uh, big name farm is fine Right, but it happened uh, to me on a very small scale, and 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 it just was was not something I would ever want to experience again. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and Danny thinks again. Uh, do undercover agents get waivers for positive drug tests, or do they get the same punishments <laughs> as regular agents for testing positive for drugs? So, so if you do in counter what is called a forced ingestion that you force the bad guy gun him to head and saying snort that so it's interesting that we run a you we run a you was you see school a very advanced you see school and one of the scenarios is the uncle's brought in, and he's sitting at this huge uh, t table, and he sees all the drugs and all the scales and guns out, and he's like, I did it, right? And now they go, well, sniff. No, no. So they already have this working block of reasons why they're there you can. And some are pretty uh, creative and good, and I won't uh, yeah. divulge those because... They work, but the scenario role players know. I don't care what they say. 
they are forced right. Right. to a point where you sniff it, I'm going to shoot you in in the head. If you don't sniff, get up, walk in that room, and I'm going to shoot you in uh, the head. We have about 50% per, per of the, the students going in that room. I'm not going in that room, bro. I don't care. What yeah, exactly. The, not, what do they think? Right? Like, what... Like, they think that it's just a it's just a role yeah, play. Yeah. Nothing. I'm not really going. No, get shot. no, 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 no. We have guys pissing themselves. Really, literally pissing themselves. And the day before, we're like, listen, the role players are all uncles. The drugs, they're all fake. The guns are all fake. It's all blanks. Right. You're good. Don't uh, worry. Now, that being said, now walking in a mildew, smelly basement, surrounded by six guys with the hoodies as fake as you may think it is and kind of becomes a real so in the forced ingestion aspect you do it and you're going to the hospital immediately there after and a memo is am submitted and that is the workaround for it. Now, um, there are uh, um, there are drug tests that are random. It just so seems that the narco guys get it more than <laughs> right, anybody right, else. Right, right, which right. I get, unless they're specifically looking for a somebody like yo this is the seventh drug test in like three months right you want him just get right get him stop like raking our balls right right, right, right. um <laughs> so, so so um with the those urs and to name fill out any quest engineer the past like three days of food any meds and uh if uh you were exposed there should be an exposure memo or letter on file with the, your your agency but the most important thing for us is to get him or her to the ER yeah immediately that being said the name advent of name fen uh I don't let my people go in as street level users. I just don't. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. Right? You can't. Yeah. Because it's deadly. To us it's deadly. Yeah. Right? Uh, uh, my my people have been shooting heroin for them 10 years with an intolerance that's in through uh the roof. So we Nothing don't even worse, yeah. deal a with it so uh, unless it's packaged and bundled for sale in like large large amounts or 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 sold by uh the gram in in large large amounts for us it isn't yeah worth it it's just not i wouldn't put my people in that position. yeah just can't not yeah. today so if they if they're testing the drug folks uh, the 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 like the drug guys constantly for drugs I mean 
Do they test the Vice guys constantly for STIs <laughs> and stuff like that? They should. <laughs> <laughs> See, it only seems fair, right? <laughs> um, there's a, oh, sorry. No, please, go ahead. Uh, there's a real uh, quick uh, story. So so we are doing a, a uh, prostitution sting out in Suffolk uh, County, and um, the undercover that we send is... Uh, friend of ours, Davey, let's uh, say. He's the nicest, sweetest human being around, happy-go-lucky guy. And um deal is you pay up front, they didn't give you a uh, tarot card, and then when you see the girl, you give her the tarot card, and then she turns the tarot cards in at the end of the uh, night. And then gets uh, paid. So the deal is, is that all right, Davy? When you get in there and you give her the card, and sh- she says get the naked, saying to Kel, sure, sh- sure looks good. We know positive, and we'll be coming through a VAM door with the. Rams and stuff because a bunch of the uh, the name doormen are armed. So we're waiting. He's in. All right, guys. He paid. Yep, it was all good. Got the card. He's in uh, the room. So I'm like, yep, he's good. I hear. Sure looks good. And they're like, let's go. And I'm like, hang on, hang on. He's like, yeah. She's like, come, Poppy, sit there and take off. Your shirt, and he's like, "Yeah, sure looks good." They're like, "Come on, let's go." I'm like, "No, no, no." And I waited until he was down to his underwear. And I'm like, All right, go. He's like, "You motherfucker!" And I was like, "Yeah, there you go." He said, "I hit sh- the sure looks good about." 15 times, times like, he's probably like, where the fuck are you guys? Like, Hang on. That's funny. Um, and then Ohms, thank you so much for the uh, donation. And, and Izzy, thank you. We really appreciate it, guys. So, yeah, man, we got through like a quarter of some of your undercover stories I wanted to hit up. But, I mean, I would love to have you back on the show again, hopefully with less of a soundtrack mm-hmm. up above. But, like, I really appreciate you coming in on Friday to talk to us. Thank you guys, and I really, uh, I really appreciate the invite, and I appreciate everything that you guys do to give a little more insight as to what you've done for this country and the patriots and heroes that you give a voice to, and I th- think it's huge, and, and uh, I'm sure the. Uh, community and all of us thank you for a job that's so well done so thank you gentlemen it's really our pleasure i mean it's really it's it's an honor for us to be able to to share stories uh you know and hopefully lend some insight to people out there and yeah you know uh a little bit less mystery to how their tax dollars are being spent. A little less mystery, a little more God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So on on Thursday, we're going to have an extra episode for you guys. We're going to have Michael Gordon here in studio. Uh, I'm going to be talking to him uh, about his book. He's been a longtime national security reporter, 
writing about the war in Iraq. He just wrote a, a book that was great about um, our fight against ISIS, um, primarily in Iraq. Uh, so we'll have him on Thursday, and then on Friday we're going to have a former FBI HRT agent on the show. Uh, so looking forward to talking to them. Thank you, everyone, who joined us tonight. And, uh, yeah, I'll see you on Thursday. Thanks, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.